This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, everybody? This is the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, and I am your host, Dale Luganville. On today's episode, you may be familiar with today's guest, He has already been on the show, so if you have been listening to the episodes thus far, you will recognize him. He is Orlando Childs, or Buck the Black Hunter. He is also known as, I took a trip down there in episode three, which there is California, to take in what he had going on around there. We caught some uh, sharks and did some fishing on there. So this time around, it was my turn, and I brought the Californians to Minnesota, and they were in for a treat because for going most of the season without much snow, we had like three quick secession snowstorms, and that just made everything more difficult, slowed everything down. Uh, but what it did do is give them the full Minnesota experience, and uh, we talk about that on this episode. So if it's a little lower key, just know we both, when we recorded this podcast, were exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all worth it. We had a great time. Um, but like anybody from the upper Midwest here knows, when uh, conditions do what they're going to do, you just got to power through it. So there it is. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't done so already, obviously, I'm just going to drill this into your guys' heads. Um, for those of you who have already done it, I appreciate it. But for those of you who haven't, find us on Facebook. Give us a like. I'm on Instagram, fullscale underscore outdoors. And, uh, oh, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, rate it. If you ha- if it's available to rate on your platform, I'm not familiar with all the platforms, but it is available on most of them. But, like, if you're on iTunes, I would really appreciate Give it a five-star rating. Leave it a, leave it a review. And uh, that's going to help immensely. And share it. Share it on all social medias. Get the, get the word out there. And if there's anybody you would like to have on this program uh, as a guest, uh, let me know. Get a hold of me on via Facebook or uh, uh, Instagram or whatever. Give me a call, 612-209-5438. Send me a text. Um, get out there. I would like as as variety of guests as, as possible. I know we're coming up here in the spring. I'm not a real big turkey hunter. I do it very lax. So if you know somebody who's a, maybe a turkey guide or just an entertaining individual that knows a lot about uh, turkey hunting, spring turkey hunting, and you think they'd be a great fit, man, send them my way. Let's uh, let's talk turkey. And that, yeah, that is a pun. Didn't really mean it, but hey, there you go. Anyways, I'm rambling because that's what I do. And uh, let's just get right into this episode. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Oh, 
brother. Welcome to Minnesota. This will be the uh, Campfire Evolution episode two, part two. Part two. <laughs> I traveled to <laughs> California, got my leopard shark. Baby shark, do 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 do. Leopard shark, do 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 do. Ah, uh, so then you had to come out here. Yeah, I had to come out here. Give you the Minnesota experience. It was honestly the best Minnesota experience <laughs> I could have imagined. I did not expect this experience actually at all. I have no idea. It was a concert of. Wow, what would you call it? a concert of obstacles? I mean, you you brought the weather. <laughs> I mean, so when I when I went to California, it rained the whole time. After it just been nice, but we managed, we fought through it. And so you show up here, and we've just been getting dumped on ever since snow, yeah. snowstorm after snowstorm after snowstorm. But at least it's not forty below zero. That might have been yeah. a little much. That would have changed some things for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a little much for you. Um, but, yeah, so we had to – my ice house was on Malax, and so I had to go get that off after this last big storm. I hadn't been able to get up to it for a while. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So, finally, we got it off. You know, well, the Nitties Hunters, they were great. Hunters Resort, they uh, went out and plowed me out and – so we plucked that off, and then I had a, a, a we had a plan. The original plan was taking this uh, like hiking lake, because yeah, uh, you wanted Cassie to catch a northern pike, which mm-hmm. in Minnesota shouldn't be that hard of a thing to do. And they had some good panfish in there. We we're gonna go beaver hunting at first. Yeah. So like we had all these grand schemes and plans, which could have easily we we could have done. Uh, but things just fell through. I had uh, my buddy, uh, Matt Hilton, who's a fellow iron worker. He was, uh, he traps beaver. He was going to help us out. Well, first he couldn't, and then he said he didn't have to work, so he could. And we're like, yes. Well, he can go up to his cabin. He's got, he's like basically guaranteed us a catch up there. And, uh, and then that fell through. And then he got called back into work. We're like, well, whatever. Back to plan things B. Things happen. Back to plan B. Exactly. We'll go in there. There's, we can set that trap. And then, it just took longer to get every because of the weather. It just took longer to get everything together. It took longer to travel to places. Mm-hmm. It took a while to get the the Yeti Ice House off Malax. And so I'm like, well, I fished this private lake in the past, and it's been a while since I've been there. And if we can get on that, that's where we want to be. It's a it's this lake is stupid. It's a shallow lake, like it's five six feet deep. The whole thing. It shouldn't even have fish in it, but it's got big walleyes, big pike, big bass, big. <laughs> it's got big everything in it. It's stupid, but it's private. So um, I stopped in earlier to get permission this year, and and he wasn't home, and he wasn't home again this time. I'm like, well, I don't even know. Let's go out there. And he had a little road plowed out there, so I'm like, sweet, this is what we're doing. Awesome. So we go out there, we set up the old yeti, and uh, get everything put down, and some water starts coming up in the holes. If if you're from Minnesota, or probably Anywhere in the northern states, Wisconsin, Michigan, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, the ice fishing states, it's not. It it happens. Like sometimes, you know, especially when you got as much snow as we have, it puts pressure on the on the ice. You make a hole that that water comes up, but a lot of water came up. Like probably a lot four to six came inches up. came up, which was you know whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It wasn't like coming into the house or anything, except you did try to step out of the house once yeah, in your tennis that shoes. Didn't end up very well. Yeah, that wasn't the smartest thing. It wasn't. You know, <laughs> I didn't think about the water when I stepped out. I was just thinking, you know, I gotta go pee. I'm gonna go pee outside. It reminds you real quick. It did. It did, reminded me real quick. <laughs> the door flew open. You socks. like jump back in. I was like, whoa, what the heck happened? <laughs> I fell back in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I even see you in your tennis shoes. I'm like, oh, bro, that wasn't yeah, smart. No, it was not smart. California was not prepared for that. No, Those shoes no, no. Nothing. It's like wearing Man, socks. It was, it was crazy. So then we saw any fish. We went hole hopping for a little bit. Yeah. Trouncing through three that feet of fun. snow. Dude, that's a good workout. That huh? was a good workout. Holy smokes, running backs. If you ever want 
to lean forward drills, you need to get out here in this freaking snow and start doing some lean forward drills. Cause With my 50 pound boots. Holy smokes, those 50 pound <laughs> boots. Jeez, my abs feel like my clam boots, dude. But they're warm though, right? They're dude, warm as hell. And warm, but yeah, they're heavy. Yeah, you're not. They're and, not meant uh, for hiking. They're no. They're meant no. for sitting still and keeping your feet warm, which but, they do. Um, a, a spectacular job of doing. They also do a spectacular job of abs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't yield anything. And then Cassie was in the ice house and she got, uh, she missed one. She had a rod that went off, she said, and then she, she missed it. And then um, we just kept fishing. And then sure enough, one of the rods goes down. Dang. Boom, bada, bing, bada, boom. Pass the rod off to you and. Caught your very first caught walleye. My very first walleye. That's what I came here for too. I Minnesota wanted a State walleye. Fish. We only caught so one of them, and bad. yeah, we just didn't have that much time. But you know, I kind of figured we'd get some. You know, rattle reels would go off during the night, and Cassie was kind of freaking out about being on the ice. Yeah, that, <laughs> that kind of. It's understandable. Like I get it. Most people from the south, they don't. They're like, we're 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 driving. What do you mean we're driving on the ice? What what? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I was down. You know, it's it's. I'm proud of her for for coming this far in the first place. Uh, you guys are troopers. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. gone. I mean, you might have raised an eyebrow too when I said a certain thing, but you did not do it. You just, yeah, you guys jumped jumped in both right. feet. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and then, uh, so back in the Yeti, oh, yeah. catch that walleye, and shortly after that. My generator starts, it, it stops working. Like, it's running, but it's not putting out power anymore. Yeah, it wasn't getting no power. So I'm messing with that, and we topped off gas, and I shut it off, started it up, and look on the internet for things that, you know, if there's any tips online, and I'm not finding really anything that I can do at the moment. I don't know, the stuff starts piling up. Like, reasons like, you know, the water, it seems like more water's coming up. It the generator's not working. So I'm like, well, obviously the heater will keep going for a while. The batteries are all charged up in the wheelhouse. But if they don't, if they, you know, go out in the middle of the night, there's a, we're under another winter storm warning. Like yeah. it's starting to snow. I was like, boy, we better, we better make a break for it. I think. Cassie then, said uh, it. All right, well, we caught a fish. Yeah, we caught Yeah, she's like, hey, you know, we caught our fish. So, you know, if you want to go, I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I wasn't too surprised. She, she volunteered. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she was too keen on sleeping on the ice. No, she did not want to sleep on the ice. <laughs> she was so nervous. I planned to get her drunk just so we could sleep <laughs> on the ice. But that didn't even work. No, we had to, we had to vacate. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just, it was in my mind. I really wanted you guys to experience that. And I'm like, well, heck, man, we just have to get off the lake. Well, getting off the lake, that's a whole nother story. Man, getting off the lake, we had to shovel up snow. I had to go down a couple hundred yards, 50 yards, and shovel up some snow and then make sure he had the clearing. And then, oh, once you even got off the well, ice. Then we got going up this hill, oh. getting off the lake. There's a little ramp to get up. And, and we were making it, but then you get stuck a little bit. And then back up, you know, it was a game of inches. We're we're starting to gain slowly but surely. We're we're gaining, but then we hit a spot where you'd spin. And if anybody's the people that know have been, you know, that's driving snow. Like sometimes you'll you'll slide, you'll kind of spin in one spot, but you'll actually kind of slide off to the side one way or the other. And this hill kind of sloped off to the right, so it would keep doing that. And what that happened was then when I'd go to back up, now it's like turning your wheel as you're backing up a trailer so eventually the the trailer kind of got not like full jackknife but it was definitely off at a little bit of an angle and then it went off the ramp and then we were just like then it was no moving forward or backwards no so the landowner came out and he was great man rick was great he was helping us out he's the best he came down with the truck tried you know then he's like well i'll plow some of this stuff out and he got his truck stuck because he kept sucking him off, too. He's like, ah, screw it. I'm going to get the little tractor with the scoop on it. And he came down with that and started clearing out a ton more snow. And then he was able to get the truck out. And then he was clearing out some more snow. And then he got the tractor stuck. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm going to go put the plow back on. So I'm gonna, he never did get the plow on. So he went and he put the plow on the truck, came down, cleared out some more. 
and then you know we twist toe strap we basically had to like jerk you know toe jerk you know with me and four wheel drive four low and him jerking us out and we we got we got out and then we helped got him out. get his tractor out and then it was midnight before we hit the road and then it took forever to get home because it complete whiteout conditions on the Man. on the highways and talk about star trek minnesota bro yeah he says star trek so people that might not know uh when you drive at night in the snow your headlights reflect off the big ass snowflakes and it looks a lot like when you go warp speed in star trek or star wars or Engage. whatever and then if you put the high beams on then that's just Crazy. You can't see nothing, no, but just, just white coming at you. Your brain like, is just trying to digest yeah, what's happening shuts in front it down. of you. But we made it home safely. Yeah. I successfully navigated us home, much to your amazement. You're like, I don't even know how you know where you're going right now. <laughs> All I knew was that there was snow in front of us. Couldn't see anything. All I could feel is the vibration of the side. What do you call those? The rumble strips. The rumble yeah, strips. Yeah, that was that's basically how I navigated. Was when I could see, you could see like the plow wash from the recent snowstorms. I was kind of keeping it between them, you know, not going in the ditch, and then kind of bouncing off the rumble strips on the on the shoulder and the center line ones. Like that was kind of how I kept. My, <laughs> I kind of kept in my lane. I mean, I didn't really mean to do it that way, but that's kind of how it worked. I mean, I couldn't see where the lanes were. It's just, it was. Couldn't see anything. Dude, it was crazy. Yeah. So then we wake up this morning. Oh, let's not forget that we slept like babies and we freaking just like when I got home, I just passed out, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I went, I went straight. To it bed. was just I, amazing sleep. There was because no unpacking nothing. Like I took what I needed out of the truck and out of the Yeti. I'm like, we'll deal with this tomorrow. Drop. <laughs> just <laughs> dead. So yeah, we slept in a little bit. Not too bad though. And then uh, got up, and then we had all that snow, and I had to plow out the driveway. Mm-hmm. And so I had a plan. Like I wasn't because I didn't know what the generators were working. and having time to work on those. Brought them inside for them to dry out. And then it's like, well, so ice fishing's kind of out, you know, and we want to catch more fish. Well, I know of a spot that we go fish the Mississippi River where we can catch a bunch of smallmouth bass. The bat. Mississippi River. That's freaking cool, the dude. I got to say, I fished the Mississippi right, River, bro. dude. That's like check off the bucket Biggest list. River right there. in America, right there, Jack. Exactly, man. Like this is these are things that people need to do. Like even if you don't fish the Mississippi, just come and visit the Mississippi. This like an iconic landmark in America that oh, everybody sure. needs to be a part you of. You know, and people in Minnesota here, you know, I think we take it for granted. You know, you cross it every day on your way to work or whatever. It's like, ah, it's Mississippi. No, dude, that's the Mississippi. Anybody yeah. that's not from here is like. You know, they read about that in school. It's like, yeah. it's the biggest river in the country. Like, it's, you know, it's a big river. And uh, there's other stuff like that, too. Then we just ran out of time. You know, if you ever get a chance to visit up here again, I'd love to take you to Lake Superior. I mean, the oh, largest yeah. freshwater lake in the world. You know, like, it's yeah. I'm not understating to say it's not a little thing. Like, it's a, and again, I think a lot of Minnesotans that we just take it for granted that it's in our backyard. Like, this I mean, is a world, this in the world. Like, this is a worldwide destination. Right. Like, this is a giant landmark. Like, this is a special thing. You know, it's crazy. And it's right there. I mean, it's, and it's right there. But it's not so much different for me in, like, Alcatraz or, sure. like, you know, the Crooked Street. Like, I don't give a damn about that Crooked Street. I don't want to see Alcatraz. You know what I mean? <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. I'm going to Golden Gate Bridge traffic. Sucks. that traffic for what? <laughs> so Yeah, true, true, true. It's true all about that. perspective. Yeah, so I had to plow out my driveway and, and get it so I can turn the – Trucking the Eddie around, disconnect that, and get the long rods loaded up, and uh, but we still had bait left over because we only caught one walleye, so that that part was nice. So we tore off when we had it out there. We got that. I got us rigged up and made one cast. I was giving you a little tutorial. Oh my god! And had a fish on before I snap. <laughs> <laughs> could finish my tutorial, and uh, they were biting. And you and Cassie just. Kind of have me running Cassie back and forth, like fish, fish and yeah, taking fish off. It was great. Yeah, it was man, a lot it was, of fun. It was so nice seeing my old lady catch some fish, man. Yeah. Like seeing her have fun like that. This is a full Minnesota experience, man. So it was snowing when we did that today, and windy, but we were kind of protected in those woods there. And again, yeah. another little hike. Put on them fifty-pound boots. Let's go. <laughs> yep, yep. Let's just say I I think I might be investing in some boots just so I can continue the workout, <laughs> get the full benefit. Weighted effect. boots. 
<laughs> forget your kettlebells. I got weighted boots. Yeah, bro. forget your kettlebells. But Throw these don't things forget around. <laughs> the bald eagles, man. Yeah, it's it's a cool place because the open water there it doesn't freeze because the water below the power plant, the warm water discharge. So there's all sorts of ducks on there, tons of mallards. There's uh, Canada geese down there, swans, golden eyes. Yeah, so obviously the eagles are around because open water's there. You can eat fish. And we saw some hawks out of Obviously, the golf. eagles are around. Are you kidding me? Like, from, for a Californian. We only really saw see, one, though. No. Yeah, today we saw yeah, one. Yeah, only one. There's usually like <laughs> half a dozen of them. See, but that's the thing is I, I, I've only seen in person, besides coming out here, two eagles, two times. Really? That's, like, going back to that, when you see them all the time, they kind of lose their mm-hmm. flair. And, and I forget, like, we see eagles in Minnesota all the time. Like, they're not rare. They're everywhere. And so when somebody visits here, they're like, oh, my gosh, an eagle. I'm like, yeah, it's like a crow with a white head, whatever. <laughs> Seen them. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, like, my favorite bird. You yeah, you mean? keep saying, what, 10 years in apprenticeship and 10 years of apprenticeship, if you yeah. can have yourself an eagle. By the time I'm 50, I want to I have my uh, my apprenticeship. That is a lifestyle, though. It That's is. like you have to give up elk hunting. You got to give up everything. This well, by that time, life, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll have everything else under my belt. And, like, you know, everything else will kind of be flowing on its own. I'll kind of have my – because, honestly – since I got my antelope, I have no interest in hunting antelope anymore. Sure. So, like, I'm, I'm Check wondering them off if you're, if you're going through your bucket list. Yeah. So if I if I get whatever I want by the time I'm 50, I'm hoping, you know, I I'll, I'll have maybe you know, just haven't found tanks. your true passion, like the one thing that, and maybe you won't ever. I mean, I'm not a specialist. I I'm a I'm an all outdoorsman. Like I I know how to do a lot of different things. I'm definitely not a specialist in any one thing. You know, I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot, you know, kind of a thing. So, I mean, maybe, maybe you're more like me. Maybe you're not going to find a, you know, become it a diehard be elk, elk hunter and just get dork out in that, just become an expert in that. It, or it, it could the be one thing I'm afraid about elk hunting is I'm afraid to fail and you can't be afraid oh, to fail. No, that, that cannot be, that cannot be in your bag of, I, of problems. But like, it, it, Cause I'm, I'm, a, what I'm afraid of assume to fail, like, and be glad you didn't when it, when it goes your way. I mean, I, I think, I think what I'm, I think what I meant by that is I, I know I don't know enough. Yeah. No, I think that's great about you and that you, you know, you've kind of recently stumbled upon and for anybody that's just listening to this episode, you know, it's probably do you some good to go back and listen to the first campfire evolution episode that we did when I went and visited you in California. Cause we kind of break down, you know, what campfire evolution is about and give your history a little bit more. And so we don't really need to rehash that on this one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, go back and, and listen to that. Um, but I think it's great. And I think it's, it's great that you're able to be honest and be like, I don't really know what I'm doing and this is what I want to do. And because I think that I I don't think you're alone in that. I think there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, maybe they're watching Randy Newberg on, you know, <laughs> what, whatever outlet. And they're like, man, you know, maybe they're sitting in downtown Minneapolis right now. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know anybody that haunts, but I feel like there's something I'd like to do. But how do I get started in doing it? You know, and it's just that they're it's taking that leap of faith. And, man, you've jumped in both feet and you just. You're doing it, you know. I'm doing it, yeah. I mean, and and I'll tell you this from my backstory. Like, I didn't grow up hunting, so stuff that I hunt now, like I'm I'm self-taught. I mean, not complete. I mean, I have I've met people along the way that I've learned stuff with, but most of the stuff came from reading magazines and watching videos. You know, not unlike what you're doing, but then going out and doing it. And to be honest with you, you learn more when you fail. You know, if you go out and you hike 75 yards into the woods and there's an elk standing there broadside and you shoot it, load up in the back of your pickup truck and you're done, what'd you learn? That ain't elk yeah, hunting. That ain't true. I mean, it might happen like that once in a great while, but you didn't learn nothing. But if you go in and you hike backcountry, you're in there four or five miles and you do, you're like, oh, I forgot this, or man, this pack is heavy. I, 
I put way too much weight in there. I didn't need to bring this. I mean, I could have got by without this. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. learning how to pack and what you need to bring, what you don't need to bring. You know, it's like, well, I thought elk were here, but there ain't elk anywhere. It's like, well, there was snow, and they moved into a different area. It's like it's the times that you fail is when you learn. You and don't learn anything from – you don't learn nearly as much from success as you do in failure. That's so true because that's why I've slowed my roll on – Okay, I'm not gonna hunt elk this year. I'm gonna slow my roll and put in for a preference point and learn some more. I even said I'm gonna go on a elk hunt with somebody else just to help them pack it out, just so I can that gain be, some education. That would be great, and they'd be glad to have you. I mean, yeah. elk are giant, and it, you know, if anybody's willing to help pack out a an elk, dude, they're gonna hey, be happy. If anyone's to have having an elk hunt, man, out of <laughs> Wyoming, let me know. I'll come out with you. And um, I'll just shut up and do what you say. No, yeah. no questions asked. Yeah, you don't got to pay me. I'll bring my own food. Learn, man. That's that's yeah. that's what it's all about. So we kind of gave you the rundown of of the Minnesota experience, but I want to hear it from the California perspective. So cheese curds. What did you, cheese curds. <laughs> all right. Raw and deep fried, man, baby. I gotta say, from day one, hitting the karaoke bar, that Yo. was like. The entrance to a movie is like, bam, action up front. And yeah. that's what it was. It was so much fun. Different people. Like, you can look in the crowd and see, you can see a hunter. You can see a goth. You can see a hippie. You can see a, a meth head. You can see a gay. You can see a <laughs> tranny. You can see a PhD doctor. Sure, yeah. Everything was there. Yeah. All the I, colors. I took you to that spot on purpose. It's a, it's one of my old stomping grounds. And it's a very diverse place and i knew it would shatter the minnesota stereotypes for people that you know just think it's flyover country you know it's gonna be a bunch of farm boys and it's like oh minneapolis st paul metropolitan area is as cosmopolitan as <laughs> as any other big city i mean yeah it it really wants to be bigger than it is like i we were talking about this you know when you got here it's like it has coast envy, I say. Like Minneapolis really wants to be a New York or an LA. I mean they're just you don't have a port, you're not gonna be ever be that big. But that's kinda what they you know, like if a city can have its own personality, that's what it that's what Minneapolis is. And it kinda that kinda that's kinda sucks because what I felt in Minneapolis was so much more of a home feeling than I wanna feel in the city. People are very accepting. And this, you know, so you kind of mix that progressive, you know, and, and Minneapolis is very liberal and very progressive. Uh, metro area for the most part is. Once you get outside the metro area, then it's, you know, you look, you break the voting map down in this state, county by county, red and blue, you know, it's blue in the metropolitan area and everything else outside of that is red. <laughs> it's but the that's thing about mega country out there. <laughs> so is this red? We're, we're red, red here. We're for red. Sure, yeah. So, but this seems cool. This seems home for me. Like I, I, I meet people. I walk in stores and I'm, hey, hey, bud, how you doing today? You know, and we have a whole conversation about nothing. Yeah, well, and you, it's like we swung into Gander today, just pick up some stuff and. <sighs> You know, we're in a hurry to get to the river, but we sat in there for 10, 15 minutes. You struck up an elk conversation with yeah. this random dude in there. And that's and just that, how it goes. <laughs> that was like that whole experience of just just walking in a store and just, hey, just having a whole conversation with somebody. Because even before that guy, I was talking to somebody else. And there was somebody else. And yeah. then me and the other guy who worked there were talking about uh, subsonics. And we stopped talking about subsonics for like 20 minutes. And it was just like... No, he wasn't trying to sell me. He wasn't trying to like. Right. It was just him having fun talking to right. me. Awesome. Oh, we got good. We got well. There's plenty of assholes in this state too. But there's. I mean, it's. It is. People assholes are pretty are cool. Everywhere. People are pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a different thing to the point where you and Cass are like, I don't know, start looking at some properties <laughs> out here. And, <laughs> what can we maybe we should move to Minnesota? I cured you that uh, when you. When I was out shoveling snow this yeah. morning, like it's it's too much work to seeing live all here. <laughs> like seeing the fact that you have to spend an hour and a half clearing your driveway before you go somewhere. It's uh, yeah, but it's not every day though. Yeah, it's not every day. I mean, you, like, you came here during like literally you've only been here what four days. And we've had two winter storms. I mean, 
that's not normal. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem normal when you're here when you come here for the first time and that's yeah, what you see. Yeah, it's, it's like this is what it's like. Up like until these the last few storms, we haven't had hardly any snow. It's like we were in a snow drought for the first half, you know, all of like last year and then into this year. Well, there you go, twenty four inches. So now right. it's like boom. All in the, and now we're going coming into March is like the snowiest month on average. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna get a, a shit ton of snow, but it, on average, it's the snowiest month. So and what's crazy is I can go on my phone right now and look at my camera at home and see <laughs> the sun outside. Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets dark here in the winter earlier. I think it's like five thirty. I think it's darkness now. But I was telling him he needs to come come to Minnesota again in the summertime when everything's green. All the nice blue water out there, and it's still light at 9.30 at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that Cassie has a best friend upstairs, um, we'll probably <laughs> be wife. coming out here <laughs> pretty often. Yeah, they, I, hit it, they hit it off pretty good. I'm going to be honest. Um, Cassie's probably not going to like me for saying this, but I'm going to say it. Oh, Cassie doesn't have a huge friend list. Her friend list is very – she's very, like – like okay, you're here now. You, okay, this is who you are. Like that circle, right, what, yeah. whatever she what she was talking about. She calls it her inner circle. It doesn't like this comfortableness out of Cassie doesn't come out. Well, Cassie's in a very elite group of a small group of people, and on my wife's friends list too. She has not been taking new friend requests, <laughs> applications for quite some time now. She loves the friends that she has, and she's not really interested in making new ones. It's too much work, and but she's really hit it off with Cassie, and they're two peas in the pod. They're both social workers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we've again going back to that original Campfire Evolution episode. Uh, <laughs> we share a lot of a lot of things in common. Same laptop. We like the same sunflower seeds. <laughs> same women do the same stuff for yeah, work. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot. It's a lot the same, but. Uh, I hijacked you. I was getting your uh, your perspective of Minnesota. So we okay. started with the karaoke scene. With, with the karaoke scene, the cheese curds, um, meeting people just in random places, driving down the highways. Yes, this happens in Wyoming and small towns too, but just the the, the wave, the two-finger wave. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get the one-finger wave in LA. Dude, the guy, uh, John. <laughs> oh, the, the other ice fishermen. We were out on that lake. Another guy came out. And, uh, yeah, so we got to talking to him, too. Got to talking to him. Me and him hung out. He told me some things. Uh, I told him some things, and we just we hit it off. He, I had a shot. We drunk a little bit, fished a little bit, and I was off. And yeah. We had a bunch. He was just so – I even got his number. Like, dude, you, you hunt deer? He's like, yeah, I hunt deer. I'm, like, I'm coming out here next year to hunt deer with you then. Yeah, so you've been talking about Wyoming and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, well, man, I'm what's a non-resident deer license in Minnesota? It's like – so anybody's uh, listening to this out of state, the non-resident license is 185 bucks. Whether you yep. want to do firearm, the firearm is the same as the archery. So, so and that's over the counter. You don't have to apply for that. So OTC. So I'm planning on doing Pick that. Your zone and let's go. Because Wyoming is like the last time I paid for a tag in Wyoming, it was it was 398, but then I had a I had a point, so I that makes it more expensive yep, for some sure. reason. So it was like really. ended up being like 470 something for all my points. I had a couple points that I just threw up there and sure. This was like 470 and um I'm 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 doing it again. I'm be honest, sure. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm I uh, I need to redeem myself for Wyoming. I don't want to repeat anything from from last podcast. I think I might have talked about it already, but um, going back to the same area. But this, seeing all the big body deer out here, seeing that doe that looked like a cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anybody from the south comes up here and they're like, "Holy crap! Look at the size of that." They must be buck that must have dropped its antlers right. I'm like, no, that's a doe. You can see his fawns are right behind her. They're like, what? That's yep. a forest horse right there. Like, yeah, we have and then bigger body. Deer when we were walking out and we seen, I was like, that's a, that's a, is that a wolf? I just seen a shadow. Yeah, yeah. And it was just this big body deer just yeah. trossing through the woods. Yeah, no, our deer are pretty beefy up here. They got to, they thicker in these colder climbs. Like, you go into Canada, Saskatchewan, and they're even bigger up there. Bodies are just, they're just massive up there. Oh, huge. Those, the necks on these things up here. Southern deer, though. Like, you go down to Georgia, South Carolina, and you, I mean, it can be a 
beautiful 10 point 12 point 14 point buck and it looks like somebody it's like santa's little helper from the simpsons yeah, like somebody took big, yeah. somebody took a big rack and just slapped it on german shepherd or something like <laughs> they're so small and i'm hunting like, california where they're probably about the same size well the they're, blacktails aren't very big they're not very no. big um but you can get those if you get you know, a special draw, special tag. You get a nice G or X zone. You can get a nice muley from the mountains. Well, muleys are big now. Muleys yeah. get bigger, yeah. Or you get a C zone tag. You can get a muley in the mountains. But those are like, you need a good amount of preference points to, to draw those. Sure. You got to be rich to hunt in California. And that's kind of why a lot of hunters, there's, there is no hunters in California. Yeah, a lot of ranches. A lot there. of people are losing. Pay to play kind of stuff. And it's all paid. nine hundred dollars plus for for a pig hunt. Dad, that's crazy. Nine hundred dollars for an invasive species hunt. That, I mean, that does damage. We went hiking there looking for mushrooms that day. We didn't find any, but I mean, you could see where the pigs are rooting around. They make yeah. a mess. I mean, they just dig the earth right up. But you know, it's crazy when you have people making money off of something. Yeah. Then the, everyone else is going to do it. Yeah, gonna... you know, there's like, and so feral pigs are a problem, and I think it's. It might be Missouri, actually. I might you have somebody out to fact check this for me, um, but I think Missouri actually um, banned hog hunting because they don't want to monetize it. Mm. So now they can manage it as a state and eradicate when they get a population of pigs. They can go in there and they can trap them and get rid of them, manage them as soon as you. If if they're legal to hunt, then what happens is guide services start popping up mm-hmm. to take you on a pig hunt. Well, the last thing that guide service wants to do is hunt every last pig in the woods because they're yep. not going to have any customers now. Exactly. So they're not going to. And then you got people that will import pigs and let them go on purpose, just to make a buck off of them. So it's like they took they they kind of went the opposite way, uh, you know, non traditional route and like. Mm, no pig hunting in this state. That kind of sucks. Cause makes sense, though. I mean, it really, makes it, sense. it makes sense. I mean, but if you believe that they're a problem and you're trying to get back to a native state, you know, with, with natural fauna, it, that might be the way to do it. But, I mean, I have I have kind of a different take on that. Anyways, and, and all sorts of invasive species, I don't really want to get into it on this podcast. I'll save that for another time, but... It seems like pigs have been on the landscape for so long that they're almost like a naturalized. They're they almost are a part of the North American. I think ecosystem, so. Ecosystem, if you ask me, it's like well, look at pheasants. Pheasants are an invasive species that came over from China. Are they? We have a pheasants forever <laughs> conservation group. I didn't know that. That yeah. So they're yeah they're from China. Chinese ring neck pheasants is actually what they're called. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I didn't have yeah. no clue. Yeah, no, they're not. They're they are not native to the North American landscape. They're everywhere now. Everywhere, and they're protected. They have laws. Well, I mean, they're governed by game and fish laws. Yeah, yeah. There's limits, means of take, just like any, just like any any grouse, any wild turkey, any like they. Oh, that grouse I saw in the store was made me want to go. Oh, that big one. Yeah, there's a local bait shop here. It's got a giant one. Them I can't remember what they're called. It starts with a C. But that's the biggest grouse species in the world. It's like a Russian grouse. They're kind of huge. You want to go grouse like hunting. turkey, dude. Yeah. We got grouse here. We got rough grouse and spruce grouse in Minnesota. Oh, shoot. I'm down to do yeah. some. Yeah, well, we'll find Come down with man. the dogs, man. Dogs? I used to hunt them back in the day. With I didn't have a dog, and that's basically just, uh, that's called taking your gun for a walk. Yeah. Because <laughs> what they'll do, they'll just sit tight. And their their feather patterns, there's camouflage, and you'll walk right by them. You don't even know they're there. The dogs will sniff them out and make them flush. But, I mean, sometimes you can go out without. And rough grouse have a bad habit of making a sound before they flush. So you'll be, you know, if you go kind of slow and you're looking around and all of a sudden you'll hear, you know, beep, 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 beep. And you're like, oh, where is it? And you try to find it before it blows its cover takes and off. takes off. And, and if you can if you can locate them fast enough and get that shot off, you can, you know. It's easier to ground pound them than it is to shoot them on the wing for sure. But, yeah, a lot of people do that. Um, and the spruce grouse are kind of, well, people say they're dumb, but it's just they're not. I don't think it's an intelligence thing. It's just what the, the way they evolved to avoid predators, they'll sit still in a treetop 
and just not move. And you can basically walk right up to them. So, I mean, we as hunters think they're dumb. Oh, they're so dumb. They just sit there and let you shoot them. Well, they're trying to, I mean, it works if you're a fox. Yeah. You know, they don't see anything moving or a bird of prey. You know, they pick up on movement. So if they can sit perfectly still and just blend into the tree and not move, the predator might just keep going. So it works for them. That's kind of how, you know, that's their, like I said, that's how they evolved to avoid danger. But for man to come in there with a the gun, it seems stupid. He's like, well, I can just shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't evolve. They didn't evolve around guns. <laughs> so they have a totally different setup as far as their survival techniques are going. But, yeah, we have we have grouse here, two different kinds of grouse. Um, there's all sorts of stuff here, dude. You got to move, all out. Sorts Just stuff, move out here. Just got to shovel snow man, once in a while, man. That's it. I don't know about that, man. That's a <laughs> that's a lot to do. Oh, and it's cold. And I have no, a deer tag for residents. It's only like 28 bucks. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, but then I, I can be somewhere else, though, and get the same. <laughs> get the same. It's only 35 bucks in California. The yeah. deer suck, though. Yeah, you don't want to raise your kids in California. I don't. I mean, I do because my family's out there. I guess it depends on the part of California. Oh. They make planes, man. They make planes. They can visit your folks. Nah, my, my mom would hate it out here. Send your mom out here. We'll take her out on the ice. She spend would night out on the not ice. even make it <laughs> off the plane. <laughs> I swear to God. She'd be not. When are we going back? Just come so in the summertime when it's hot. Yeah, I'll have to try and do that. Uh, but then we have can, a lot of bugs. She doesn't give a shit about the bugs. She just, are bad. She just hates being in cold weather. No, but we have it was nice today. It was in the twenties. I mean, until that wind kicked up, it was actually a pretty nice. Even day. with the wind, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, well, seeing that sun yeah. hit the hit the snow, man, at that perfect angle, seeing all the snow glitter in the sky, snow man. Glitter. That winter, was winter glitter. Winter glitter. Oh man, that made me blush, man. It made me feel like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to start like skipping in the snow and yeah. shit. So what did you think of uh we didn't fish Malax, what did you think of it? I mean, that's all those little village of houses out man, there. Man, that was the most surreal thing that I've seen in the hunting world. Like seeing all these people, this huge whole community of people out on the ice in their own shell just seems so crazy to me. And I, I'm, you know, I'm coming from California where, yeah, there's a lot of boats and we have boat parties out, but seeing everyone on the ice and just like in my head, I imagine what happens if like something breaks, <laughs> like what happens if one of these goes, goes through, is it going to be like a, a domino effect of freaking just ice collapsing into uh, the water and, how just, many times did I have to field that question? Like, so what? Like, will these? Like, what if there's a crack? Or what happens with it? It's like, it's not. It's fine. They're not going anywhere. Like, it's not gonna swallow up a house. It ain't like a sinkhole. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> the worst thing pops in my head though. Like, <laughs> Cassie made fun of me, but I was like, what if like a a big rock comes through and it hits like the ice and it shatters all the ice? Like, what what happens then? Uh, and she was like, well, if that happened, probably nothing. Like, she, she was the one who was like, well, that doesn't well, make any sense. because if a, if a meteor came and hit the ice, that's the least your worries. <laughs> Depending on the size of the meteor. Yeah, uh, we're probably all Yeah, you're, you're screwed. It's not, uh, that's not going to be, that day is probably not going to end well. Regardless. <laughs> it's going to be a bad day. No well, when you're, what. when you're out on the ice, you just, I mean, you, your first time, you never even thought about doing anything like this. It's kind of like, well, like, this this water's rising. What does that mean? Yeah, and so, I mean, like, that does happen. <laughs> it's not it, it's not really common, but it's not necessarily uncommon either. You know, we talked about already earlier. You get mm-hmm. the weight of the snow on there, and you drill a hole, and it's, you know, some water comes up. But, yeah, for your very, like, your very first time fishing on the ice – and then you see that happen, it's probably a little unnerving. It, for me, I was okay. I was a little tipsy, so it was, a, it was fine for me. For Cassie, it wasn't. I caught a fish, too, so I true, was like, true. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, that makes it all better. Let's stay. I'm cool with staying. Yeah. Oh, it's off? The generator turned off? That's fine. Yeah, oh, no, it's that not was, fine. We started getting right, we nervous. Go. I'm like, 
yeah, we better not get stranded out here. The snowstorm's coming in. The generator's not working. Mm. Like, we better make, we better get while the getting's good. I think it was the right decision to make. I, it, I really wish you guys could have, we'll just have to do it again. Like, the spin, as much as it kind of made her nervous, um, there's not many people, unless you're like from here, that can experience like they slept out on a lake. And being awoken, well, the sound of a rattle reel going off is one of the greatest joys in life. I can't, <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's just the best. It sounds awesome. That, I mean, alarms, you know, you set your alarm for work, that sucks. That makes you angry when you hear that thing. But when you get snapped out of a dream because you hear clink, 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 you're like, yes. It's a matter of not, you know, jumping out of bed and hoping you don't put your foot down a hole oh, or just trip over something. Or <laughs> that's something I would totally do, though. It sounds like something I would just... <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh man! Well, it was pretty cool. So then we went uh, to the river, caught some bass. They were biting pretty good. They were biting hard, like every other cast was a bite. It's pretty much if you made the right cast, you got bit. Yeah. If you got out far enough, which wasn't really that far, but you just you had to get. It's a different style of casting, you know. It's live bait, and you know if you cast them too hard, the bait will go flying off. So you kind of got to. You know, it's, it takes a little bit doing. You guys did good. You followed directions well. You guys got it pretty quick. Yeah. You got it I mean, you got a good quick. teacher. Can, what, what can you ask for? <laughs> I don't know about all that, but. Well, I'll put it like this. I wasn't catching any fish at first. Then I was catching a bunch of fish after you said three things. So I'd say you're a pretty good teacher, bud. Well, Cassie was out fishing you, and I just couldn't stand to see it anymore. <laughs> she was doing good on her own. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go coach. I'm going to go coach uh, Cassie's a Buck here a monster, though. <laughs> Cassie catches. She shoots things. She catches things. She just has this natural ability, this grit about her to just compete. And that's what I love about her so much is she just doesn't doesn't quit, like doesn't give a shit about. Like today, I knew she was tired. I went up to her and I'm like, hey, baby, you want to stay in and, and just relax today? Nope. I want to catch some fish. Yeah, she yeah, she was she's all in, brave and cold and mm-hmm. and everything else. No, you guys are troopers. You I mean with the weather challenges we had, you you're all just you're right there soaking up that Minnesota experience. So we got you talking about the state fair. Maybe we'll get you out for that. The state fair does sound good. <laughs> those cheese curds, man. Oh, they're the best. Oh, those are the pinnacle of cheese curds. Fresh out of the fryer, bro. Those are I'm the best. so ready and the to come out here. People watching is bar none, man. Second biggest state fair in the country. Man, and you said there's bear activities, bear tags around that time. Yeah, so yeah, so our bear season kicks off September first. September first, and so the Minnesota State Fair runs like the last weekend in August and through the first weekend, Labor Day weekend through in the September. So yeah, I mean if you. If you did, you plan it right. You could definitely come bear hunting too. See, I would love to at least donate some money to Game and Fish and buy a bear tag. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'd have to do some. You know, to be honest with you, because I, you know, I'd probably be guiding. You know, I'll be busy fishing. You know, you know, I I wouldn't have time to bait. Um, and and it's stuff like that. You know, we have outfitters for that up here too. Yeah. And, you know, we'd have to have to look into what what that would cost because honestly that'd be the way to go. Hit up. They're gonna yeah because they I mean it's great you know they <laughs> run around on wheelers and they manage multiple bait sites and they're got trail cameras out and they're gonna put you in a stand that's got activity mm-hmm. you know especially if you only come out you know you know the bear season the baiting season I think it's two weeks before the actual season kicks off when you can start baiting and then you know then the hunting kicks in it's like well. Who has the ability to take off uh, four weeks of work mm-hmm. to go run bait for two weeks and then hunt for two weeks while still running bait? You know, you're still refreshing your your bait sites. You know, when you hunt too. So that's one of the things. You know, and I and the, on the in the last episode, I was talking to Captain Donnie there. We, you know, we talked about the benefits of being a guide and uh, or not being a guide, but the benefits of of hiring a guide and. I think bear hunting is one of those things. Like if you, you know, you're from the Twin Cities, you're from out of state, you just don't have the time luxury to be running your bait sites every day or every other day. You know, all you can do is bait on the weekends if you can even do that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are driving, you know, two, three, four, five hours north to to bear hunt, depending on where they, you know, 
they're hunting public land or private land or wherever the heck they're wherever they're hunting. So it just it's a time crunch. And man, if you can afford it, you know, going through an outfitter. You said phew, it. If you can be, afford it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I'm not. It's. It's easy to say. Get a guide. You know, yeah. some people just can't afford it. But it's tough, man. You. Know, you you got to they work hard and you got to pay them for what they're worth and yeah you know, it's times times money man yeah I mean, times money if you're taking time off of work to do it i mean you got to think of it that way how many hours did you miss out on i know? see how hard my buddy josh worked like he wasn't even guiding me he was just helping me and i see how hard he worked before the season like during the season and then once we came down there he was like on it like in all that time and investment gas horse feed uh, sweat, you know what I mean. Water, you got all the little things that yeah. he bought and did yeah. just for us to get a chance to see some deer. Like that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of investment. So I mean, I I see where the money's going. It's just uh, it's yeah, times I money. I mean, <laughs> some people just don't have it. But I I do think that it can be if, if it's something somebody wants bad enough. You know, it just comes down to discipline and budgeting. You know, and save your pennies. Put your you know. I worked with this guy. Um, I believe he was a carpenter. I don't remember his name, but he basically gave up hunting in in Minnesota or Wisconsin, wherever he was from. And he just works whenever he can. Takes all the overtime available, and he doesn't take time off the deer hunt here. He doesn't duck hunt. Doesn't do any kind of hunting here. He saves everything. He saves all his money that he would spend for those local hunting trips, and he puts that in a coffee can or it's a savings account or whatever it is and every two years he goes to africa and that's what he does and he hunts a different game animal every time and then he you know brings back he's got a big trophy room and he's not rich you know you think these trophy hunters you know they're doctors and lawyers and stuff like that this dude's carpenter man like yeah he's making good money he ain't rich but this is what he wants to do Mm -hmm. and he pinches his pennies he saves it up and yeah, it's a lot of money, but he doesn't do anything else. This literally is all he does. He works so he can save up for this trip every two years, and then he goes to that's and smart he goes way to hunt Africa. I mean, it's kind of an extreme example, but I mean, if somebody out there wanted to hunt bear or elk or whatever it was, and maybe they don't know what they're doing or they don't have the time to invest in scouting, and they, you know, and they're like, wow, but it's the outfitter cost X amount of dollars, and man, that's just so expensive. I mean, if you really think about time that you take off of work, you know, the money you're not making because you're not at work, and then you're learning the hard way, you know, maybe you go a couple seasons without any success, so now that's even more hours you missed off of work, you know, those three years. You add all that up, it might be the same cost as hiring guys, yeah, if I, not cheaper. I, I, I hear that, but I'm, I and I agree – and I thought the same way, but as soon as I hopped on social media platform, so many people chimed in and like offered to help me out because I was oh, going to sure. get a guy. Yeah, yeah. But like this dude was like, "Nah, no, don't pay six thousand dollars." Like, I'll you know what? Let me take you out. I'll take you out, and we'll help you get it. We'll help you get your sure. elk. You know what I mean? So, if, yeah, you're right about that because I you was get, I definitely going to do that. That's definitely true. I mean, there are people out there willing to help, but. There's not enough people for everybody, I don't mm, think. Yeah. I mean, but there's not a lot of people. That you, and you have to be also, you have to be the right type of personality to hit it off with other people to strangers. Yep. So true. not everybody has that gift or ability either. So And not everybody who says they want an elk is willing to work. Oh, for that's it. for sure. And for me, it's like I understand the value of, of hiring guide. But there's a part of me, there's a big part of me that's a DIYer that I'm not really afraid of failure. Like I'm not, I've been hunting long enough now, like I'm not afraid to eat tag soup. I don't want to, but that's not like if I were to travel to Idaho for an elk hunt or something, it, it wouldn't be a nagging thing in the back of my mind. Like, oh man, two days left. I have, I'm going to, I'm not going to punch this tag, dude. This has been a total waste of time and money. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> If I don't know how you could spend a week in the mountains of Idaho and think that your time was wasted, you're not there for the right <laughs> reasons, man. Like, uh, man, forget it. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna punching lie. that tag would be icing on the cake for me, man. That would just be going to Wyoming and setting the. I set expectations for myself 
And that's 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 where I shot myself in the foot because I I walked in there and in my head I'm like I knew I was gonna get the biggest buck if anyone ever <laughs> yeah. seen. Yeah, you know yeah, mean? we set unrealistic expectations for ourselves, uh, ourselves, especially when you know you're you're new to the the adventure, the sport, hobby, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's I think that's it's kind of interesting because I I see you you know you're new at this and I and I. I know what you're going through. Like I remember sharing the same thoughts and the worrying about punching my tag and this stuff. Like those are, those are very new kind of hunting emotions. You know, you've been what two years you've been yeah, hunting basically. Two years. Yeah. So you know, you you got a lot of information you're taking in. Um, you know, you're equating. You know, part of that journey. You know, early on, you're equating success with punching your tag, and if it's gonna you know, you'll stick with it and you're going to experience some success. And after you experience some successes, that's when you kind of realize like punching the tag isn't the biggest part of the trip. And I don't think you're that far off it because you really like, like we've already talked about today, the different people you meet along the way Mm -hmm. and that you don't know this person from Adam, but here you are having a conversation like you've known him your whole life. And it's those kinds of things that really go into a good hunt or even if there's people you know and you, you know you just there's that bonding you get you know when you're out there in, in a pursuit of of game or fish or whatever even if you're hiking or camping if you're, I mean, yeah. you're rock climbing i mean you're, you're sharing that danger and you're sharing that experience with somebody else and that's just a bond you don't i don't think you get that bond from sitting shoulder to shoulder playing PUBG. nope <laughs> you know i mean i just don't I, it's not the same no it's not you know, it's just not. It's just not. You know. I mean, I made pl- I made friends playing PUBG, but for the most part, it's nothing <laughs> like. There's no shared risk. Yeah. It's just it's different. It's different. It's not even comparable. No, it's not. Not even. Yeah, like... I mean, I've made friends in a bar. I mean, it's, right. It's not to say that you can't make friends, but it's a and but they're different kinds of friends too. And there's different levels of like respect that you have for that person like that guy didn't say a word to me until i started talking about elk and then he was right. like oh you're an elk hunter and yeah. then all of a sudden yeah. it was like this huge shift in his personality towards me and it was like well hey yeah we have that in common like wh- what else do you hunt right well i hunt deer around here but i really just care once i have an elk yeah, in my he, freezer he goes <laughs> you asked him if you hunt deer here he goes no, why do I need a deer? I got an elk. What do I need a deer yeah. for? <laughs> uh, deer's yeah, an elk is a lot more meat than a deer. A lot That's more meat than a deer. Sure. Yeah. But then he did admit that he bow hunts, so he still does deer hunt. Mm-hmm. He just I don't think he rifle hunts. Yeah. I don't think he gun hunts. So I mean, in, out here. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Getting tired, man. Whew. Yeah, this is probably gonna be a quick one. Uh, we're be- I, I was just thinking, like, we were talking, we were both kind of, our energy level's like, this is a much more laid-back conversation, <laughs> the first one we had, and we were all fired up. And But, man, it's been a grind the last couple of days. It's, it's been the, it's the It's been so worth it. And I, I got to just sponsor you out, man. Anybody who <laughs> is, who was ever looking to go ice fishing or ever looking to have any kind of outdoor experience, to where you're just going to be educated, you got to hit up full scale because this man has taught me so much about fishing, not only on the ice, but even in the ocean. Fish, fish, to, no, fish in the current, look for where, look for this, look for that, uh, look for the birds. Uh, there's certain little things that he teaches you that it sticks in your mind. And he, he doesn't say it to where he's like pounding it on you. It's more like a, a, a tidbit for your brain sort of thing and it sticks with you because right after he told me these little three tricks uh i was catching bass back to back to back so look i'm rambling but this this man (laughs) is awesome you guys gotta check out his ice house it's amazing um bring your kid and your wife guaranteed once she sees this thing she will thank you for the vacation i can guarantee you because it's like a 
you know, it's a resort on 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 the ice. <laughs> I was gonna say on wheels. Yeah. It's a resort on it ice. It does have wheels. It does have wheels. It does have, well, yeah. Well, it does have wheels. Pull it down the road. Wasn't yeah. dragging it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate the kind words. And I'm halfway asleep too. So yeah, I know. <laughs> Got them all drunk up, paid them to say those nice things, but. You know, the ice fishing season in Minnesota here is winding down as far as the, the walleye pike season shuts down at the end of February, and then we still have panfish, so then we'll focus on, you know, big crappies and, and bluegills and perch and stuff like that. Um, but I think this is the time where people start, really, to start planning their summer vacations. So I should let everybody know that, you know, if you are looking for a trip, um, you know, I'll be guiding open water, you know, and, and you know, we can catch, we can go fish wherever you want, walleyes, muskies, bass, whatever. I mean, bass is kind of my kind of my specialty as far as angling goes and and uh mm-hmm. it's pretty you know i do it kind of tournament style where it's pretty intense it's fast paced um but with that said you know if you wanted to just take your kid out and man we'll go bobber fish and catch a, a mess full of bluegills and i'll clean them up for you we'll have a good fish fry you know my thing for full-scale outdoors as far as a, a guide company was i wanted to make it customizable so you contact me you're coming to you're coming to visit Minnesota. The conversation I'm gonna you call me up, the conversation we're gonna have, what I'm gonna ask you is like, what do you want? To like what are in you know, dream, dream big. Tell me like in a perfect world where everything works great, what are you hoping for? Oh, I want a fifty inch muskie and I wanna catch a wall and I wanna catch this and I wanna catch that. Then it's gonna be my job to tell you, okay, um, to do that. We'll probably have to do this, that, and the other thing. How long are you here for? You're only here for a couple of days. Right? We might have to trim down your expectations just a little bit. Like we're gonna have to narrow it down. Like that's not enough time to do all of that, you know. And then, and you know, we'll customize. If you want to do that, you know, you don't want to. You know, maybe you want to fish a river, or, you know, whatever. Like you honestly, just tell me what you want to do, what you want to have happen, and I'll do everything in my power to make it happen. And if I can't do it. I'm going to refer to you to people that I know that do to other guides and whether I get the dollar or not, it doesn't matter. Like I want you to come to Minnesota and have the best experience, the best Minnesota experience that you have. So then you'll come back. Minnesota's great. Minnesota's I, I, I great. Love it. I'm coming back. It's a back. great place. And ultimately I just want everybody to have a great time. You know, if I can provide that awesome. And if I can't, I'm going to find somebody that can, you know, maybe, I, maybe I could do it, but I'm booked that weekend. Again, I'm going to refer you to somebody that, that can fulfill those dreams for you and make you happy. I didn't think I would give a shit about coming back out here to do anything. No state fair, no bear hunting, no deer hunting. But now all those things are in the books. <laughs> yeah, well, let's make it happen, brother. That's uh, it's been great. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe we'll make it back out the. We're talking about we we go somewhere everywhere for our anniversary of May, and uh, we might just have to head back to the Bay Area. I know I've never been to San Francisco. We were close to it when we was fishing down there. Yeah, but we never quite made it, it. and the, the wife wants to go out there too. So, <laughs> and there'll be more sharks, more leopard sharks, more, bigger oh, leopard sharks. Oh, by that time, there's going to be a, a lot, lot of more sharks. different kinds of sharks. Yeah, six gills and all sorts. of And hopefully, stuff to we catch. can get a guide to. Yeah, take well, there us won't out. be a sportsman show going on that weekend, so guides will actually be taking yeah customers out, and, uh, and we'll charter a boat when we get out there. Make it the crack next time. It'll, it'll all be great. Kinds of so, fun. Yeah, we're we're tapping out here. I'm not even going to. I've been. One, You've I'm a half. A, we're recording for just at 15 minutes, just under an hour, and I haven't even finished one beer. So that's yeah. that's uncharacteristic. So let's just wrap this thing up real quick up. before I do it, though. Um, I know what you know. If you go back and listen to the first episode, we list all your contact information and where they can find you. But go ahead, let's give it to them again real quick. Well, um, you know, I'm Buck the Black Hunter from Campfire Evolution. Uh, you can find me at Buck the Black Hunter on Instagram or uh, Campfire Evolution on Facebook. Um, and just, you know, check me out, uh, follow me, uh, share my posts. I care a lot about the hunting community. I care a lot about people with disabilities and, and vets. And um, all I really want to do is help and provide provide the, these outdoors, exactly what Dell just provided for me. I just want to be, be able to provide these experiences for other people uh, and just get them out outside and appreciate in life. And it's that perspective, meeting new people and getting different points of view. Um, you got... You got a little catchphrase. Oh, Spit yeah. Uh, well, my, my catchphrase is uh, bridging minds one backstrap at a time. Uh, oh, I oh, said it wrong. I fucked it fucked up. It I'm up. sleepy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bringing people together. Bridging. 
What is Turn around. I'll read God it on the back of your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Bridging minds, saving lives, one backstrap at a time. There it is. Campfire oh, evolution. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. There I love it. it. I love it, man. <laughs> all right. Everybody, if you haven't done so, thanks. Uh, Full Scale Outdoors, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks for listening. And if you've stuck it out this long, don't forget to subscribe and, and rate it. Give it a good review. And we will uh, see you next time. Adios. Bye. Everybody, huge thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, download and subscribe to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast, to rate us, to review us. Um, you're doing great things, and we are growing every day, and I really appreciate it. Another way we're growing is we have joined the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So what that means is people can now find us and listen to us on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs, uh, hell, even gaming systems. So um, if you haven't downloaded the Waypoint app, do it now. You're going to thank me. It has over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films out there. This is one of the best apps you're going to find. So I just would like to say thank you again for those that have already subscribed. Let's share it. Let's keep this thing going. And, uh, I am proud to say that the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is now part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, so thank you very much.